What's up, man? Hey, how's it going? Good. It's excellent to hear your voice. I usually start these by having people describe their surroundings, omitting and changing any details that you choose to. <laughs> I could do that. Um, I wasn't sure if this was video or audio only, but it looks audio like Audio only. Nice. A true podcast. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so I'm in my living room right now of my pretty new apartment. Just moved in, what, two months ago. Congrats um, on your new place. Thank you. Yes, I live in the East Village now, downtown um, Manhattan. I, you know, I was living in Queens, which I lived there for, gosh, five years, almost six years. Um, yeah, I believe Queens is where you were the last time I saw you when we hung out. So that was, I was going to ask if you were still in Queens, but no, Manhattan now. Yeah, yeah. It's funny, right? I've lived, you know, here in the city for however many years, six years or so, but never actually lived in the city, <laughs> right? right? So in, in the big city. So I crossed across the bridge finally only took me six years <laughs> different vibe over there yeah it's um so yeah you're right when you when we hung out what was that like maybe two years ago or that maybe a year at this something point like, yeah. yeah something like two years i guess it was yeah two years probably but um yeah that was in astoria queens and that was the place i've been um most of the time i was in astoria i was in one other apartment my first year then lived at the one you were where you came through, that was, I guess, the, the next four four years. Yeah, the story is a great neighborhood. Really good food, um, fun bars. It's one of the kind of you know more up and coming spots in Queens. But um, yeah, so the reason I moved here to East Village is actually moved in with my girlfriend. So did the made the leap, and um, it's been great. This is a cool area too. East Village is tons of. Um, it's the same thing, you know, fun, fun restaurants, fun bars. And um, it's got like just a cool vibe down here, you know, music people, fashion people. So I feel like, uh, you know, kin with, with the people around here for sure. <laughs> Very cool, man. Well, yeah, congratulations on the move. I was going to ask too, did it coincide with uh, the gig at Pandora and or how's that going or what can you say about it? Yeah, yeah. Um so not really, um, kind of separate from that, but definitely when things open up. So I'm working remotely right now, right? Like a lot of people right, right. are. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, so, but when things open up and we can go back into the office, it's definitely going to be a shorter commute. Right. Um, it's, it's, I think, maybe like a 20-minute subway ride away, whereas before it would have been, you know, 45 minutes or so um so still wouldn't have been too too far away but yeah it's going to be a quick quick commute when that opens up again but um yeah that's going great so i started there last year um amidst all the craziness <laughs> of you know what we're going through right now so it was definitely a little uh, unique to to start a company all remote you know and, and just doing the interviewing and, and all that stuff through zoom, but, um, it's been great and definitely like feel welcome and, and everyone's been, been great to work with. So it's been, I think as seamless of an experience as it can be given the circumstances. Um, but yeah, cool company to work for definitely can 
I'm sure later on in the pod we'll, we'll get into it more. But um, it's been it's been fun. Yeah, yeah, cool, man. Well, good. Well, do you feel like you're inspired being in that place? I mean, going through the process, I'm sure it's somewhat streamlined because it's like tech people. But like, even if even though you're working remotely, is like like, do you kind of feel like you're thinking on a different level? You know, it's it's a, it's a good question. Um, it's interesting because I don't know about thinking on a different level. Um, but it's interesting just like the way, I mean, you know, interesting probably isn't the right word, but the way that the pandemic has affected our business specifically, you know, uh, streaming music has definitely shifted during this time. And so being able to kind of see that firsthand there's a lot of interesting things going on. I mean, people are, a lot more people are working from home, right? So a lot more people are consuming music or different forms of audio during their work day, where maybe they weren't so much when they were in the office and, you know, person to person going into meetings or whatever. So, um, and, you know, Pandora is owned by SiriusXM. So, there's like a lot that's going on there with just, it's more than just music, right? So it's talk shows and podcasting and all that stuff. So it's kind of been cool for me to learn about that world as well, because I didn't know as much. I didn't have as much direct experience in podcasting, for example, where I was mostly always been kind of on the music side only, but learning about podcasting has been interesting too. And just kind of like, a lot of people listen to podcasts during the workday, you know, and, and of course at home too, but just kind of like seeing, seeing those insights and, and that data around people's listening habits has kind of been interesting for me to dive into. And, and that's definitely, I mean, podcasting has been increasing just in general, but definitely this past year has increased too. more people are listening, like during the nine to five hours, you know, cause a lot of people at home. So that's kind of another thing that I've been seeing and, and learning about in, in, in that world, which has been fun. Yeah. Has anything surprised you about like how people's habits have changed or even, I didn't even realize like as podcasting itself got more popular, like one of the first things to really explode has been, I mean, which is common knowledge to people who know about podcasts, but the like real, like true crime and like murder yeah (laughs) podcast that's like the top which like i is a thing like cable tv okay that's a thing but like it's not really a thing on the radio people don't tune into the radio to like hear about crime true crime stories but like i don't know have you run into anything like surprising like oh people listen to that yeah that's a really good question um i think what's cool about podcasting is like, there's something for everyone. Right. And I think there is, there's true crime, of course, but there's like fictionalized podcasts too, which I'm not, I personally don't listen to that type, but it's one thing that I've like been kind of from afar paying attention to is just the podcasts. That's it's like, you know, where you would watch a movie or watch a TV show now you can follow a podcast that's episodic, right? And so that's that's kind of like an interesting thing and in where that's medium's gonna go. 
you know, it's like, <laughs> it's kind of like there's cycles, right? So the radio world back in, I don't know, I'm probably going to get the dates wrong, but like, you know, old school 50s and 60s, people would tune in at a certain time on a certain day to listen into a show, right? And so that kind of behavior has almost come back where people are watching, or I should say, listening to shows for entertainment purposes that some are fiction too. And they're just, you know, made up stories. Um, but I think that's sort of, it's interesting seeing where that space is going to go. Right. Um, like the serial dramas and like serial sitcoms that would be yeah. like an old school radio show. But I've wondered about that too. That's interesting that that has really been a factor. Yeah. And, but you made a good point too. And even the ones that are true crime, you know, they're, they're true stories, but they're kind of being delivered in a sort of, you know, a more of a um, episodial right, kind of yeah. uh, sequential order. It's not like you listen to one episode and you're done with it. Kind of breaking it up into a series is kind of an interesting uh, approach. So, yeah, it's another, it's just, yeah, it's like there's, <laughs> there's no rules, right? You can do whatever you want with podcasting. So it's kind of cool to see the different like branches off of that. Yeah. Has it given you any insight too about like what people listen to across the country geographically? Um, that's a good question. Well, I would say not so much yet, but actually like myself specifically, I work more with small and medium sized businesses. Yeah. Um, and so I'm kind of, I'm just starting to, to dive into this, but learning about like, just like you said, for or smaller businesses that maybe are kind of more in local markets, like, well, what, so I work on the ad side. So, you know, people who so you're want between, to, yeah, businesses and the platform. Yeah. So if you want to advertise, so let's say you, you know, I don't know, clothing company or something, you want to advertise to like a specific market. And maybe you want to be on a podcast, you know, podcast advertisements. Well, what are the people, like you said, in that, say you're like a local clothing boutique right. or something, you'd only want to advertise in that state, potentially, maybe others, but let's just say you only want to advertise in a couple zip codes. Well, just like you said, you wouldn't want to necessarily be on the biggest podcast that's kind of nationally um, broadcast. You might want to be in a more niche one. Um, so that's something that I don't actually know yet, like which ones are kind of popular in different um, geographies, but I'm starting to look into that data and kind of get those insights. And yeah, that's, I think that's like the next wave because I think podcasting as it's kind of becoming, as it has become mainstream, a lot of these companies are just advertising everywhere nationally, right? You want to get on the biggest podcast, all want to be everywhere, but that's kind of shifting now as, as things are getting more niche and podcasting is, it's not like you have to hit the biggest group necessarily. You can kind of get more targeted, if that makes sense, from an ad perspective. Yeah, well, I feel like the future of media period is like extremely granular and personalized. Yeah, like it's very much mm -hmm. about like my unique profile as a listener and like how or I and I don't know, people are also way more aware of it too. like people even think about like, oh, these Instagram personalities or whatever. These are influencers. People 
you know so it's like there's kind of in everyone's mind is this kind of like business transaction which in some cases becomes like a cool situation because people end up consuming stuff that yeah is either more local or sometimes from a smaller business or from someone that like ethically is aligned with their values and it's creating this like kind of very futuristic like personalized i don't know could be really really positive for people yeah it's it's gotten very fragmented which like you said is um (laughs) as a marketer can make it more challenging but it's better for the consumer and the listener and that's ultimately a good thing that's what counts right so it's better for people because they have more choices um and so it's funny too because i think just like the term podcasting is just like a broad term at this point, you know, what does that really mean? I mean, I I watch podcasts on YouTube, right? So I'm like, technically you just watch, I'm just watching an interview, (laughs) but (laughs) it's like a podcast, right? So um, like Joe Rogan has like clips on YouTube. So if you're watching that, I mean, technically, I guess you're watching a podcast, but it's different, right? And then, of course, there's sort of the standard, you know, you download it to your phone and stream it model. Um, so there's lots of different versions of what a podcast uh, means. And, you know, originally the term came from iPod, right? Right, yeah. Uh, it was something you had to go on a site and download onto your iPod. <laughs> yeah, it's like, a t- uh, I forget the term, but, you know, it's iPod and broadcast, yeah, podcast yeah. that's where it comes from originally like apple um but now it, it's it's of course gone everywhere so actually speaking of I'm, I'm curious so how does this work you know is this live now or is this a recording and then you kind of distribute it after the fact like how does this actual podcast work yeah so it's like quick turnover but it's not live so this i mean in theory we could who knows i mean we could edit it in a very detailed way if we wanted to but almost all of these i post largely unedited and i post them really quick like the same day or the day after cool so i ask a lot of like time specific questions all later i'll ask you about like you know give people a message for this time of year and i'll ask you know whatever but it allows things to be like immediate but still have a little bit of control and a little bit more like casualness you know yeah me and the interviewee because it's like it's immediate so we can talk about stuff right now you can you know pump whatever you're trying to pump but at the same time it's like you know it's low stakes and there's room to pontificate (laughs) yeah yeah i really like that approach and even the ones that i watch or listen to myself i like that style where it's kind of it's more friendly um and conversational but there is an educational component or they're talking about something interesting yeah um, when it's too buttoned up and it just can feel dry you know and, and of course there's a place for that if it's maybe more business oriented or whatever but I definitely like the ones that are just kind of about interesting topics and it's just like two cool people chatting you know <laughs> yeah well to me I think of it as like an extension of my musical improvisation almost where it's a kind of you know we're jamming right now and I go and yeah. listen to the podcast to get like ideas of what to jam about in the same way I might listen to music and be like, oh yeah, I'm going to grab some of these melodic ideas or I'm going to grab some rhythms. Later, I'm going to talk about those rhythms. We're going to discuss them, you know, in our improvisations later. So I want to give someone, you know, some nice licks to try out with their friends. <laughs> I like that. It's really cool. I, you know, I've done interviews 
in my day. And, and it definitely is very, you kind of freestyle it. And, and you have, of course, you know, your structure of questions you want to ask or how you think the conversation will go, but it's totally in the hands of the interviewee and, and what they're going to do. And you kind of have to run with it or, or not. And, and, and course, correct. If you think it's going in a, you don't want it to go in. And that's, it's definitely like a kind of fun game. And I really enjoy interviewing myself too. Just, I mean, one conversation, but two, that sort of, like you say, kind of in the moment, freestyling improvisational aspect of it is, is fun. It's interesting. Yeah. And sometimes it actually has, cause I have interviewed some musicians. It will end up, will include, will end up doing that. I've had one that was live streamed. It was, <laughs> we were, we were actually streaming live, but it was like odd hours and it was on Twitch. And there was just, there was a couple of people who didn't seem like native English speakers, like Eastern Europe was tuning in at this moment. Was, oh yeah, cool like, right we were asking each other questions at first but then i don't know i think it was a musical question and so one of us was demonstrating on our instrument and then it just became a jam and then he like had this jokey line at the end like oh it feels like i'm interviewing you <laughs> and then, I don't know, that, was, that little line happened to be a hit with our with our two eastern european uh followers <laughs> I don't know it was just what made it cool was just the magic of just the random coming together of these people it wasn't like anything that we had planned and right that's where the juice always comes from it's like random moments like that that's so funny um did you do a lot of those on on twitch you kind of do live streams or not so much I, I did a few just experimentally I did some where I did uh you know, I tried to integrate it into my existing workflow of songwriting. So it was like I would give myself prompts of I'm going to do 10 songwriting ideas in a certain time limit or I'm going to, um, you know, I would set myself a goal of I'm going to rehearse X, Y or Z song and kind of give that as a caption. And then, yeah, just like let people tune in. And it was cool. It just it wasn't inspiring enough to me because there wasn't I don't know, I didn't know how to use at the time the technology well enough to like right. integrate it into the way I use this now where I'm always contacting other people and collaborating because I know the platform and how to explain it and like this is what we're going to do and at the time I wasn't part of a community of like a lot of Twitch stream I guess there are Twitch streamers that are musicians now and it's a whole thing but at the time it was kind of like very fragmented and I don't know this platform is very inspiring to me instagram is still pretty inspiring to me so i make mm-hmm. stuff for instagram because it informs like what platform i'm going to put it on totally informs what i'm making yeah, like, yeah for sure yeah. it's um go ahead i was gonna say I, I don't use twitch that much i've i've gone on there but I, it's something i'm like fascinated with and i'm not really a gamer so much um but i know that that world has shifted and it's really of course that's a big part of it but it's live streaming of all different kinds so i kind of i want to the reason i asked is because i want to revisit it and learn more and and maybe even if it's not something for me that i'm going to do in my spare time just to kind of be aware of it from like a just a media tech perspective there's just so many like we're talking about so many interesting platforms that are all serve a different purpose so i just like to try to be aware of all of them Totally. Well, Twitch is interesting to me because it one is about the gamer sphere, which I feel like in the future will absorb all other 
industries because it kind of i mean like virtual digital experiences can and already do like touch everything so eventually it's like everything will be video gamified so i don't know that is fun to me but then also just the ethic of it where it's mostly like i'm gonna explore this digital environment and you are gonna be like a little bird on my shoulder watching the experience from first person that's like kind of the core of it even though now it's it's all other stuff but i mean even like ASMR channels, it's kind of like a first person, like we're trying to share our perspective in the closest, most like high res way. And that to me is the future, like beyond any of this, like media stuff or money stuff, the like evolution of humankind is like, we're evolving into this technological super species. And I don't know, I see it a lot on Twitch. That's interesting. I think like, um, kind of that intimate intimacy online right and like you you kind of spoke to the fact that it's very personal and and it's live in a lot of cases and it's really in the moment um and there can be real moments and reactions and things that happen but (laughs) it's broadcast to right hundreds thousands maybe even millions of people so this sort of interesting mix of like said kind of one-to-one but it's one-to-many and and really personal but also very public all at once is something that i agree it's kind of people are getting more comfortable with that mode and it doesn't just have to be live necessarily but you know there's lives on instagram and facebook and all these other platforms so that's a world that people are comfortable with and becoming more familiar with and i agree it's sort of like and I don't know, everything's broadcast all the time now, it feels like. And where is that going to go 5, 10, 20 years from now? Um, it's just going to continue, I think, in that direction, escalating. I don't think it's going to pull back. Totally. Well, I think it's it allows – the technology's gotten good. Like, phone cameras have gotten good. So people can make a lot of content really, really fast. But eventually, right. it's like being an artist is going to be like, I'm just wearing a GoPro at all times and i'm documenting (laughs) like every single layer of the process including just like my hours and hours sitting behind a computer like setting compressors and like yeah editing editing drum samples like everything all that will be like super duper high def super duper high resolution recording and like the pictures are are constantly being snapped and put on the patreon or whatever and like at a certain point the technology to consume that will be good enough that some people will just have like my life or it's i mean someone anybody maybe they really admire a certain scuba diver and like that would be a nice streaming channel because a lot of it is like relaxing underwater so like most Mm. people just like you know you pick a certain streamer and there's so much content that you're literally just involved in the 24 7 stream of someone else's life and we become like involved that deeply with our influencers yeah well this is like i just kind of unrelated but related like you know the the kardashians like that show i think was sort of the first glimpse of that and of just like you you know and and i don't watch the show and know a ton about it but it's just like it's a family that everybody feels like they know um every everyone right you know the sisters, you know, the daughters, you know, the the parents. It's like you you see that family 
everything that they do. And obviously the reality show and, and it's edited and everything, but it, it is kind of that like first example of what you mentioned, where it's like, you really just see people's everyday lives. Um, I don't know. That just like came to mind when you mentioned that, but um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean that, well, exactly. That's one of the fundamental changes of, I don't know, techno or, I guess it is because of technology, because we are so deeply involved in the details and the mundaneness of each other's lives and everything comes into the same device. So everything kind of gets swept up and like, yeah, to be a personality, to be on TV, it isn't about having the two layers anymore of like, this is my show business self. And then here's my everyday. It's like the everyday with the advent blended reality tv and social media yeah it's become blended so where's the line and yeah eventually it'll just be completely you know some people's hobby is like instead of watching reality tv it's like my hobby is being kim kardashian with (laughs) super high def vr goggles and then i've got the gloves that it's like when she's gripping that right the tactile yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's so funny um well back to what you were saying too we, we were just actually talking about this uh, with someone else about marketing for artists and a big thing now is doing t- twitch streams and it's like the fan engagement isn't just listening to your music now it's like they really want to know you as people yeah. even if you're not necessarily a famous personality just like you said People want to one know you as a person, but also, you know, your your thoughts, your personality, your views on things, completely independent of your musical talent. But also back to the music, they want to be involved in the process. And like you said, just when you're editing, you know, and you're practicing and you're writing, wanting to be involved in that and not necessarily just see the finished product is another shift in sort of the music industry um and that's just an interesting one and i think some um artists take to that very well and some don't because they just see you know they want the perfect product to be out there and that's it but that's where the world is going at least definitely music and and other mediums too i think of of art and entertainment yeah well i like it too because it makes it about the grind and the process which right that's where i get joy because there's something about the gamble of like i've got to make this one album release go right or this one tv appearance go right or this one i'm on the radio and that's good <laughs> right. you know, it's like so there's you know even if you're really good you're still competing with this you know pot of people and then even then it's a gamble and I'm like okay there's something there but with the like democratization of the means you know everybody can post to spotify everybody you know it's like accessible affordable you can find a way to get involved on some level no matter where you're at and so it's like yeah since you're seeing everybody's process a lot of the people who aren't doing it for real are kind of starting to not be able to hang and that makes the game interesting yeah that's true um hmm. it's funny how you put that it's um yeah i think i don't know i don't know what the reason for it is necessarily but i think people they i guess you know the fan knows that there's a lot of steps that go between the very very beginning thought of a song and then and then you hearing it and i think fans want to see all those in between steps Um, if they're a genuine fan um, they will get 
as much appreciation, if not more, out of that process and seeing that as just listening to the song itself, right? And so it's like you're extending the <laughs> enjoyment or the whatever the the touch points of that, if you want to call it product or experience or whatever you want to call it. And so that is a cool development, I think, with what's going on now. Yeah, well, it's interesting because it it allows you to make anything intimate. It's like no matter what your thing is, like even if you're if yeah. about woodworking, whatever. Yeah, totally. Like, yeah, it's like someone can still be in the deep, intimate recesses of your process with you. And that's kind of cool. It's like it used to be that you had to be in a person-to-person, in a room activity. You know, if you're a musician, you had to be out playing in a room with people to get that level but now it's like oh yeah people can have the experience of one-on-one hanging out with this musician for an hour and it does feel different than like watching it on tv there's something about the audio format and like working it into your day and like doing it on your commute and like it's this other place yeah it's um ongoing it's paired with another activity um that's another thing we talk about work a lot too is like um especially for the advertiser you know is is you you could be someone could be making their dinner cooking and listening to a podcast or music on their you know their smart speaker and you could serve an ad to them about cooking or about, you know, you're selling whatever, a baking sheet or a pot or pans or something like that. And just like, you can kind of match the product and the ad to exactly the experience that they're doing at that moment. And that's not really something you can do before, especially with like radio, they'd have to be in the car or, or whatever, you know, listening to the radio somewhere, or um, I don't know, that's just kind of an interesting thing with the the device fragmentation too, you know, you could be, you're, you're listening in your headphones, but then you go on your commute. Um, then you're listening in the car and then you get home, you're listening on the smart speaker, listening on your computer at night is kind of like, it follows you everywhere on these different devices. And it's another kind of interesting thing about what's going on is you're on different platforms on different devices at different times of the day but always consuming something, some form of, of audio and video, or at least a lot of people are. Yeah. And that's, yeah. Going through like, you have kind of have like your smartphone phase of the day. There's like the laptop phase. Of right. The day. <laughs> yeah. There's, yeah. There's the speaker phase of the day. And yeah, you think about different things. I know like my Google home time is definitely super different. That's like, I'm working out. Maybe I'm cooking. I might be like work. I might be in my like hustling space. I might be planning mm-hmm. out my week. I mean, you know, that's my Google Home time. But then, yeah, the smartphone time. Maybe I've got it Bluetooth to the car, so that's you know that's drive time. That's a whole different mentality. Yeah, you can get me while I'm hopped up. That like seven a.m. starting my day driving. That's like I'm thinking about stuff totally different. I might you know I might make an appointment when I'm in. Yeah, that minute, like yeah. doing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny yeah different mindsets and the context of what people are thinking about at that time you know um and i i don't you know what's the next thing what's the next device going to be right it's like i i don't know why i was thinking about this the other day but um 
Oh, I was talking with somebody about records and how like vinyl is kind of coming back a little bit. And it's just like each technological advance brings a new form of listening that comes out of nowhere, right? It's like, well, vinyl to CDs, or I guess cassettes were in between there. And no one could have predicted the MP3 and the digital files. I mean, I'm sure people predicted it, but I guess my point is like, well, so what's next? Um, I, I don't know, but what is what is next after digital listening? There's going to be something, right? And we, we don't know what that is yet, but that'll be a whole other uh, device or platform. So that's kind of an interesting thing to think about too. Definitely. It'll be interesting work to like decide what ads go into people's Neuralink. Right. Well, like, that's well, what I'm saying. Yeah. Like the only thing I can think of next is just like going straight <laughs> into your brain, but who knows? Um, yeah. And, and, and what exactly like <laughs> the privacy laws around that and everything will be uh, interesting, but uh, with it's already kind of happening with all the wearables, right? So like you're wearing a watch that has your, your phone is in the watch, right? And you get text to it. And I don't know if you can even get music to it, but I'm assuming you can. And um, all these sort of devices that like monitor your, your BPM and, and your, your temperature and all this stuff that, you know, it's kind of for exercise, but that's like the, the gateway and, and into these electronic devices, just like sensing your, physical being and so eventually well that what's next is with the neuralink just like you said um that's it seems like a a big leap but it's really not it's kind of just like the next logical step of what people are already doing and are already comfortable with i agree i thought because i watched the neuralink demo with the pigs and i was like okay so the most interesting thing to me that they're doing right now is that they can predict exactly which nerve endings on that pig are being stimulated so they can make a digital model of the pig and they can predict what the pig is doing but then on the other side of my brain i'm like that's already what all of the marketing algorithms already do with us like every single marketing department in the like real high only a couple of people are allowed to go on that computer program like the real privileged user data like, <laughs> right they've got that they they probably don't bother to make a little animation of you because they probably don't need the actual data of like your arm moving as you're eating your cereal but like they know what cereal you're eating and like everything <laughs> it's just that it doesn't go the other way it's just that i can't talk back directly to kellogg to tell them when i want to see my oatmeal ad in order <laughs> to like negotiate and i mean that's partially i think on purpose like they don't want they want me to buy their oatmeal the specific kind they're like well we really want to try out this thing with the dinosaur eggs and like we need you as a test subject regardless <laughs> you know because it's about now 50 or 100 years in the future who's going to be eating what oatmeal well, the other interesting thing is people, like, they do surveys and people prefer personalized ads. So oh, yeah. it's, it's like people are, um, they say they're resistant to giving information, but at the same time, they want ads and messaging and, and their feeds and everything to be personalized to them which only happens when you give your information away and then your behavior is, is tracked. So it's kind of this like dance that we're playing where um, obviously there's 
considerations around that for privacy and things that need to be taken into consideration. But yeah, people want them to be personalized. So <laughs> you, you can't have it both ways. Um, so that that's kind of interesting too. And I think like, you know, uh, Facebook is the one that gets the bad rap, but people don't think that every, every time you click and every time you watch your video and everything you post and everything you like, you know, that's always, it's getting, they're building this profile of you and yeah, it can seem big brother, but you are giving the information. It's not like it's being stolen from you. You know, you're the ones inputting it. It's like the people just didn't think, oh, this is being tracked. <laughs> but of course it's being tracked. You know, you have an account on the website. Uh, I don't know. It's a oh, yeah. I've thought about that. Even just like going out and collecting, for instance, like people call Instagram or Facebook and try to get all of their own, just all of the data. Because you can, you can get right. a or an email or whatever. But I've thought about it as like a performance art project, like do i don't know like a public figure like the the mayor of my town or something just like go on and just get all of their like, LinkedIn, like <laughs> yeah. just, i don't know just to like just to show that's how funny much of it it is and kind of like yeah that it is in this gray area of like yeah they're fishing for a lot but then there's a lot of stuff that we just put on facebook because like that's the culture of everyone's stuff is on there that's funny <laughs> that that is a cool project i like that idea um was I going to say? Oh, so it's back to what you were saying about the Neuralink. I actually haven't watched that video, but I want to. Um, oh, well, you got to see the pigs and you got to see the macaque. The monkeys, right. That was the other one I know I have to watch. But um, Elon said something interesting in an interview. I forget who it was, but he basically said, like, we're already cyborgs because oh, yeah. of our iPhones. And, you know, you have something in your pocket that has access to all the world's information in, you know, a matter of seconds. And it's in your hands pretty much at all times of the day. So no, it's not literally implanted into your body, but you're holding on to it 24 seven. You never let it go. So essentially you already are cyborg in that sense. So the, the difference between that and, you know, putting it in your hand or whatever really isn't <laughs> that big of a deal. Once it crosses that barrier, the experience is essentially what you already have now. Um, and just thought that was like an interesting way of thinking about it. Yeah. And he also makes a big deal about how slow typing into a phone is. And <laughs> right? I think about this so much because like your brain, especially that 7 a.m to 10 a.m and you just had <laughs> coffee and like you're listening to stuff at like 1.5 x 2x 2.5x 3x no problem man and like i want to be able to read and write it's that fast <laughs> at least that's true you ever try writing like you're taking notes or something that someone's speaking it's so much slower or just like you're, you're thinking about something and your brain's going you know three, four times as fast as what you're actually writing out. Um, exactly. Yeah. If you could just Im implant that immediately, why wouldn't you? So, or imprint that, I should say. But um, yeah, that's, uh, it's going to get there eventually for sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm just excited. I've, I think about this a lot and I've decided that really, cause it's not happening right now. It's like a few years off, maybe decades. And like, I don't think that they'll have to plug something directly into your brainstem. It'll just be like a strobe light 
that stimulates your brain at a certain frequency. Like, you know, you ever heard of mm. driving driving the brain waves? It's something they do in different uh, psychiatric studies. And they do it with, yeah, a strobe light or like uh, an electrical impulse or like all different kinds of things you can like. Or uh, like that activates like different modes yeah, or whatever can, yeah. yeah you can yeah you can kind of help people or do it with you know chemicals you take uh, melatonin before bed to like create a certain brainwave but yeah i think that it'll be run by very smart very fast ais and like college will just be you go and you like maybe wait in a little waiting room or i don't know maybe it's really streamlined so you don't have to wait or maybe it's just like directly to your phone i don't know but you just like look at a light and it like flashes really fast like the men in black thing that erases your memory except it doesn't erase your memory it just teaches you all of being a surgeon oh i like that or whatever you know huh but then what what's the limit on that like why wouldn't you just learn everything or maybe we all will well, exactly. That's the thing. I think that the current paradigm of like, I have a life and a career where I pick a thing, I'm going to contribute to society and I do that for a certain amount of hours. I think all of that really already is breaking down because we're automating everything. Like we have a unemployment crisis because of lots of factors. But one of those factors is just automation is just like, now there's a robot factory of like the robots just make everything. And like, that's different than it was in the past. Like we've already kind of like, bankrupt the whole normal fabric of like this is how i'm useful to humanity because not everyone has to work like only a tiny amount of humanity is supposed to have to work to run the machine but like we don't have a society to fill that niche so everyone's like still working as though we have to grind our wheat into flour on a rock yeah right the henry ford five (laughs) assembly line style is what we still do um yeah it's like there's two sides to the argument right because technology creates jobs because you got to have someone who knows how to run the robot but at the same time the robot's going to do the work of right five people or whatever it is so um it's it's something that i think like there's i always see this stat and what it's something to the effect of like if you're in college, right, the job um, that you're going to have in five years doesn't even exist yet. Right. And it's like, so new jobs are created by technology and people have to learn those new skills. And so I think what happens is unfortunately people who don't have the access or the time or whatever to learn those new skills kind of get left behind people that either they get the insight, they get, they get the inside scoop in time then they learn those new skills and they're very valuable uh, uh, workers. So there's that part of it too, right? Um, If you get stuck, like, okay, not to like pick on anybody, but like if you are, let's say you are a truck driver right now, if you're not thinking, you know, Tesla's trucks are self-driving trucks are going to take your job. Well, you should be right. And you should be trying to get into a different world and obviously easier said than done. Um, like I said, but I don't know. I think don't blame the technology. It's, it's going to happen. It's inevitable. Try to be aware of it and how can you get on the other side of it and, you know, and be the one that's doing that new job that hasn't been created yet, or, you know, is going to be created is the way to, to look at that. 
Yeah, hundred. Well, I mean, I think that's that's the reality. Like until society catches up, but like I guess where I'm at is this because like yeah, there's this one mechanism where for every job that goes away, it goes away because of the advancement of technology, and that advancement of technology creates not only new jobs but also like new people who have new money to spend on other stuff that you need new jobs. Totally. There is a critical mass where it's like, I know that I can only eat so many cheeseburgers and watch so much content (laughs) or whatever, or like so much Netflix. Yeah. Like even, and I mean everything, everything that costs money, like I can only live in so many, or I only have the time to buy so many houses or like, you know, do whatever, like, stuff even stuff that's beyond my needs like just the fact that i am one person and so it's like them it kind of straight up just depends on us continuously like like increasing the population to like build the bottom of the pyramid scheme more and more so we kind of like we've got to become an interplanetary species if we're going to continue on that way and I guess we do. I guess we do just we go to space and then it probably takes lots of jobs to go to space. Do you want to live on Mars? I do want to live on Mars. Me too. I don't know. <laughs> Earth's pretty cool, but it's like the thing, though, is at least in the short term, if you get on that spaceship, you're not going to come back. <laughs> it's not the round trip. It's a one way. So you better make sure you really want to live on Mars. <laughs> Eventually, they'll be able to probably do a return, uh, a, a second leg. But it's, um, you know, that is not going to be a fun, like leisurely um, life experience for in the, the first 5, 10, 20 years on, on that new planet. Um, oh yeah but no i've i've uh i've told my partner ditto multiple times i've been like yo i want us to be on the like mayflower (laughs) to mars i want to be space pioneers together and she's a scientist so i mean she's like way more valuable to the mars crew than even i am so you know she might even be my ticket to mars right right what do they call it? Ride, ride the coattails? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I will ride her coattails right onto that Mars spaceship. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's funny. Um, yeah, that's... Uh, well, it's funny, too, because... So for us, it seems like that's such a huge um, event, and that'll be such a big breakthrough when we get there and I, I say when like i think it's inevitable not if yeah. but for the aliens wherever they are if they're listening that's normal to them right they're used to going planet to planet um and and i think I keep mentioning elon musk of course but you know he says that like in order for a species to continue and they have to become interplanetary because eventually every planet gets destroyed and it's just a fact of time it might take whatever like millions of years but it will happen eventually so if you if you extend that timeline if the the human race is going to survive indefinitely for infinity time then we'll have to become interplanetary oh yeah exactly yeah, I always ask people questions. I'm curious about what people think the long-term 
I don't know, inevitable swings of humanity will be because it does inform how people live their daily lives, whether they realize it or not. Because it's kind of like if I think that humanity, for instance, is doomed, then I don't think that my morality has anything to do with the survival of the species. So I might do some things that are good for me, but not necessarily good for humanity. But then it's like, what, am I biased towards humans? What about other kind of life? Maybe you're like, you know, identifying (laughs) with the trees or the animals and like there's there's a position there but i think it's like yeah what do we what do we think do does society kind of run its course and we end up just kind of being knocked back down to among the other apes or like do we make it off the planet do we come to a technological harmony with the earth and somehow have our neuralinks and not just like drink up all the oil on the earth to keep them powered on i don't know but i love asking people that question well, and also how will the human race evolve uh, physically if, if we will, because if we don't need to, it's like, a, what was that movie? It was a kid's movie, but it was like super dark. Um, Wally, where they're like, everyone's overweight and no one moves and they just, because they all like, they don't need their fingers, right? To, to use the yeah. computers. It's like, that's, are we going to end up that way where we don't even need necessarily to walk because... We just, we were on like little bikes that take us everywhere and we just, it's all in our minds, right? Um, that's like another interesting thing, the the whole virtual reality world, where that's going to go if um, we are even living in the physical world. If maybe people are just in their, their VRs always. Um, I don't think that's going to be the case, but if we're, if we're talking thousands of years in the future, technology going into that direction. I mean, I can, I can see that being at least one possibility. Oh yeah. I think in the same, yeah. Cause we're becoming cyborgs. We're becoming identified with our online persona and we're having experiences that are increasingly virtual that can be the same for people, despite what their physical limitations are. So people won't even eventually identify, even if their bodies are old and decrepit and whatever and deteriorating it's like it won't really be seen in the same way it's like oh that person like is in medical danger it's oh, like, we think about yeah. that like, we'll clone them a new body whatever or they'll just have a robot body it's like it won't even it'll be like you know the state of your body will be like the state of your car it's like you know maybe your car is not in good shape or it's messy or whatever but it's like you know it's spilled milk whatever you get a new one dude that's very true and think about it it's like Right now, our social media personalities are the best versions of ourselves that we want to show the world. So our, if, if you extrapolate that and we are only living virtual worlds, well, then we're all, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to have a six pack and I'm going to be, <laughs> it's yeah. like we're all, our avatars are going to be just exactly what we want them to be. Um, our our best self that we you know aspire to be will be our virtual self and that will tech, that'll be reality so it doesn't matter at that point yeah i've been thinking a lot about like which technology wins the race and creates mm. creates the apocalypse like cuz if it's ai then it's different if it's like uh you know environmental disaster and like technology is based around that then it's different if it's like we have some cultural crisis because of our communication technology 
Because that's one one universe, like some new communication technology that like is truly decentralized becomes disseminated into the population. And then just like people begin just factioning into all of these like rival, like non-governmental just like associations because they don't have to use whatever it is, Facebook or like their iPhones or like whatever. Some other communication network is, Mm. you know, so everything just becomes like, you know decentralized guerrilla warfare just like basically breaks out in humanity that's one interesting timeline to think about huh yeah it's um it is interesting (laughs) i think (laughs) there's like so many ways we could go this conversation but i do think back to the this sort of android robots concept you know that is something that i think is going to become commonplace and they are going to be employees at grocery stores they're going to be soldiers in the military um they're going to be doing all sorts of things and and they're going to be your you know they're going to be cleaning your house and eventually they'll be companions too and i think that is we're seeing that at a very small scale with a lot of these like smart speakers that you just talk to all day long. Um, and I mean, they talk back in a sense. So build that out. Um, that, that's coming too. And, and where is that going to take, take the world when, when all of a sudden we have these like populations of robot uh, humanoid robots that are, are just normal to have. Um, that's, that's coming too. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe that's maybe this is a good moment as we're closing in on the end of our hour here to ask you for your time sensitive sign off. What's the message that you'd like to give from your heart to people that you think will be helpful to them at this moment where we are? What is it? It's April. We're in 2021. We're on the verge potentially of a robot humanoid revolution (laughs) like what do people need to hear right now yeah right we uh didn't end the conversation where i thought we were going to where we started it um well i know i've got to give my plug at some point right so please i was thinking about well i'll same plug i was thinking about what that's gonna be we didn't get to talk about it but we will uh, next time back on the the pod but um just started doing this music industry panel and you know with the pandemic and just how that has affected the industry robots aside um but like how how can artists and musicians react to the this new world um you know how is it changed how to navigate the world and how is it one is how is it different right now but as things open up again there are things that are forever changed and so what does that mean to an artist and creator from a promotion standpoint and just, you know, quote unquote, making it. And so just started it. My second panel is actually this coming Tuesday. Um, I'm the host and yeah, we're going to keep it going. I think the plan is to try to do it every month or so if we can, but the first one went really well. Um, so definitely tune into that. It's just, there's a link on Facebook and it, I'm doing it with this nonprofit organization that, that's their mission is a similar mission is how do I give creators the tools to succeed? And they're called movers movers with a Z. So on Instagram, it's just uh, M O V E R Z. And um, yeah, everybody tune in. 
Tuesday at eight o'clock. Um, the link is on their Instagram and also their Facebook. But uh, yeah, Stern, we got to get you on there too because I I'd love to hear your perspective on this topic. Yes, I would love to to spin out or even maybe deliver focused answers <laughs> about the topic. That's <laughs> super interesting. And regardless, I will be also tuning in on Tuesday. I'll follow the link on Facebook. That sounds really exciting to hear a panel of people talk about um, music making and representing yourself in the digital age. Yeah, yeah. And I just confirmed it's Movers World, excuse me. So M-O-V-E-R-Z World um, is the proper Instagram. But yeah, I'd love to hear your perspective on that. And uh, just like, especially shows i know we, we've talked like off offline about this but there's virtual shows right now live shows are coming back and and kind of like what we alluded to earlier i think that blend is that's the blend now for good is the people will be doing things virtually live streams etc but also of course in the physical world so um yeah Really interesting stuff, but so it's fun, man. Thank you for having me on. I really enjoyed it. And um, I think this is actually my first podcast. I think I've been on it. You can believe that. Um, <coughs> oh my gosh. That's serious. Yeah. Yeah. This is like a big moment. Um, done the, the panels and webinar style things, but never like an actual pod. So I'm uh, you know, I'm in the, in the fraternity now. Oh yeah. <laughs> I've well, joined well, the club. Yes. I hope you enjoyed your initiation. <laughs> and uh, yeah, some someday, some decades in the future, we will be in a fully immersive digital space. We'll be in our beautiful new avatar bodies. We'll be flying around on all sorts of geometric rainbow skates or whatever it's going to be. Yes. And however we want, we're going to be like, I remember we both held phones physically in our hands and spoke for an entire hour for a whole Gross. hour. We did this. And we were on the same planet. Like, oh. why would we even need to be? You could be on Mars. I can be on wherever. You know, we got planet to planet service now in the future. So, <laughs> exactly. But it'll still be like certain carriers. And then, like, if you can't, <laughs> yeah. Good, then, you know, yeah. Like, Do you have Mars on your plan? No, yeah. I don't. <laughs> now it's in a gotta, dead zone, bro. <laughs> gotta fly to the next planet <laughs> to get service. <laughs> Uh, that's really funny. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Well, Tuesday, we'll tune into the panel. Thanks for being on the show. We will certainly do it again on this planet or the next. <laughs> Sounds good, man. I appreciate it. I'll talk to you later. All right. Have an excellent night. You too. Right. Bye.